Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, today um, it's going to be just me, but I have something really super important about. That's why um, I'm going to be talking to you about it myself. Um, (laughs) Raging, as I usually do when I uh, do these shows on my own. Raging about uh, what is happening to kids in America. Uh, They're being exploited And um, things are not quite what they seem. So today's show is called To March or Not to March, and Whose March Is It Anyway? Now, I'm talking about the march that's tomorrow, uh, meaning uh, the March 14th, um, because that date was chosen because it's one month after the Valentine's Day Massacre in Parkland, Florida. And I'm also talking, I mean, a lot of uh, what I'm going to be talking about is, could be similar, uh, also relates to the march that is planned for March 24th. And that is the one that is going to be primarily at Washington, in Washington. That's on a Saturday, um, as compared to tomorrow's march, which is a Wednesday, which is, in other words, a school day. So those two facts make the whole thing very different in some ways, and yet um, similar in other ways. Now, the the reason why I'm raging, what I'm angry about, is that um, it's all well and good for children or children, high school students, you know, I mean, I don't think that there's any uh, age limit as to who they would like to have come out in March. So um, I'll call them kids. It's wonderful to have kids get involved as a, you know, sociology lesson or a history lesson or a political lesson uh, to be involved with and pay attention to what's going on in our country. That's great. However, um, there are people, adults, who are taking advantage of the uh, current mental state of kids and using it to promote their own agendas. Now, these marches, let me, let me back up a little bit because uh, there will be some people who, um, you know, since this is heard all over the world, there will be some people who don't know all the details. So let me, let me just, and of, of course, I have done some previous um, Dr. Carol's Couch episodes on the Parkland, Florida shooting, so I can refer you to those as well. But um, on Valentine's Day, Nicholas Cruz a 19-year-old, very troubled young man. And by the way, I just read that the prosecutors are going after the death penalty for him. This is absurd. This, <laughs> I talk about things to be angry about. I mean, yes, he killed 17 people, wounded at least 17 more. He certainly deserves to be punished. But uh, the death penalty for someone who was not stopped despite all the warning signs that he gave, that he wanted to be a school shooter. He put it in black and white online. Um, You know, the police were sent to his house many, many times. The numbers, uh, of course, you know, they don't want to say exactly how many, but so the numbers have varied, the reports of the numbers. 
But um, there, and some, at least some of those times, they, the police were accompanied by mental health professionals, and there were also random times when he was seen by mental health professionals, all of whom should be fired, because they did not properly diagnose and treat him. And his, his mother, now deceased, his adoptive mother, um, also didn't really help, although he, <laughs> although he terrified her, uh, which is why she kept calling the police, but she didn't make sure that he kept going to the treatment. And yes, you know, now that more stories, um, facts are coming out, we can understand why if he didn't want to go, she would be scared that he would um, physically assault her as he did in the past. And she knew he had guns, presumably. So um, she could be shot. So I'm not blaming the adoptive mother, that, certainly not as much, much as the police and the mental health professionals and even the school Um, the people who didn't pay enough attention to what was happening to him after they evicted him, just sending him out into the wild blue yonder. So all these people um, and institutions are responsible uh, to a large part for not protecting Nicholas from himself. So I, I am totally, totally, totally against the death penalty. Life in prison without parole, sure. Anyhow, I digress. (laughs) <laughs> um, let's get back to, these, to the marches. Uh, what am I talking about? Who is co-opting them and why and how? Now, there have been, since the Valentine's Day massacre, there has been a, a kind of a clique of students from Parkland who have gone on the media and all over the place um, talking about how horrible school shootings are, which I totally agree with. Uh, I mean, I have been talking about school shootings. I've even been an expert witness in school shooting cases for years. So there's no question that we need to do something to prevent, try to prevent future school shootings. Okay. But now, um, the students in Parkland are very vulnerable because they are suffering from both grief, they're going through a grief reaction, the five stages of grief, which I'm going to describe to you, And, of course, they're going through PTSD. Now, it is not only, however, the people in Parkland, the students um, of Marjorie Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School who are suffering from PTSD, and one could say that town and so on, but it's also students and people um, around America who have been exposed to nonstop media coverage. Well, I shouldn't say nonstop. It actually has decreased somewhat in recent days, but, but certainly its stories are still there uh, about Parkland. And um, primarily because, you know, what's in the news now is, is, are these marches, the one for tomorrow, uh, March 14th, and the one for March 24th. So it's keeping the whole thing alive, and that's great. We should keep it alive. The, the discussion, the debate, the research, the studying, and so on about what to do to prevent more school shootings. However, because they are suffering, and, and to a lesser degree, students around uh, America are suffering, and I'm just going to talk about students because, well, although it's also teachers who are being asked to walk out as well, so people, I'll say, around America are also suffering some degree of PTSD from having, uh, and grief, um, from having watched all of that which happened in the Valentine's Day Massacre. So, how did 
this group of Parkland students suffering from grief and PTSD managed to uh, organize a nationwide march um, for tomorrow and for March 24th? Well, it's because they had help. They had help from the... um, the arm of the women's movement, the Empower, um, that is the group that has been organizing these, this protest. Now, I'm going to talk about, later on in the show, I'm going to talk about the protest organized for tomorrow, for, for uh, March 14th, and um, why people should or shouldn't do it, you know, um, and, and, you know, what are the pros and cons. I'm going to let you make up your own mind, but... Um, but perhaps when you hear what, what more of what I have to say, you'll be more likely not to march. Um, that isn't to say not to honor the, the 17 victims, uh, the 17 deceased victims, by moments of silence and other kinds of uh, ceremonies to honor their death, absolutely. But in terms of it being so political, not so much. Now, um, what... What am I saying? For why or what am I talking about? Um, this really hasn't been talked about. Uh, as far as why, who who is co-opting them? Who is taking advantage of the students at Parkland and the students around America? Well, it's it's pretty easy to figure it out if you think about it. You know, just from what I said. First of all, the Empower Group of the Women's March. Now, if you remember the Women's March, I'm sure you do, um, that was, you know, with the pussy hats, remember that? Uh, That was basically a march against Trump. And so these people are taking, have taken this up because of, you know, sort of aligning Trump, claiming that Trump is aligned with um, the NRA, and um, therefore, you know, using any opportunity to march against Trump. And, um, and then, of course, the other, there are three groups. So the Women's March organizers, the gun people who are just for gun control, you know, regardless of what political party they belong to, and then, and then people who are anti-Trump, regardless of whether they're a man or a woman or whether they, how they feel about gun control, um, and so on. You know, there is such divisiveness in our country, and that is what is being brought down to the students. And the problem is that although I have been researching this and seeing that there are some schools who have um, used this upcoming march, the, the shooting at Parkland and the marches that are planned, um, to, teach, um, to teach about, you know, issues, to, to use this not to teach one political um, approach or to be for gun control or against gun control or, you know, but to use this as a, as a social sociology study or history study and to present all the different sides, and that's great. But uh, that is not what's happening in most of the schools. Most of the schools are either deciding that they're going to encourage the students to march and the teachers to march or not take a stand one way or the other or discourage them from marching. And I'm going to give you some examples of that later on. But right now, um, what I'm, I just want to make it clear what I'm, the, the general theme of what I'm trying to say, which is that because the students at Parkland and all around America 
are suffering, you know, Parkland, of course, um, a lot more, but to some degree, other students, um, they are more easily manipulated into taking on the agenda of these other groups that I just mentioned. Because, um, because really, you know, the, the problem or the, the solution to school shootings is not just one easy thing. <laughs> ban guns, ban guns, and there'll be no school shootings. Well, you know, I guess theoretically, if one banned all the guns in America, of course there would be, uh, there would be plenty of uh, illegal guns. I mean, there would be plenty of black market guns that the people who are going to be the ones likely to shoot up schools uh, and other places would be able to get their hands on. But even if we, even if we wanted to say that uh, oh, that would make it more difficult, there is a little thing called the Second Amendment in our Constitution that gives us the right to bear arms. Now, just so you know where I'm coming from, to be totally transparent, um, I am all for there being better screening. I am all f- in terms of who can purchase guns, especially in regard to um, people who have had uh, who have been hospitalized against their will for severe mental illness should not be able to allow to purchase guns because if they are off their medication and psychotic and hearing voices telling them to shoot, that would not be a good idea, whether it's shooting a school or shooting one individual who they're angry at. Um, so I'm, I'm all for better screening. I'm even all for a wait time um, because if someone is wanting to buy a gun because they are angry at someone and, um, and, you know, are, are in that moment of rage, if there is a three-day waiting time or more, then they would have cooled off. It's likely, or it's more likely, that they would have cooled off by the time they are finally allowed to purchase it, and maybe they wouldn't even purchase it at all. So, um, you know, and I think, you know, other things like uh, things that you can do to, um, to, add, to turn your rifle into a, uh, an automatic rifle, you know, those kinds of things, sure, fine, outlaw that. But just a general ban on guns, no, I am not for that because, um, because I used to actually be more, I don't know that I was ever for a ban on guns, but I used to feel more strongly about the issue um, in terms of more strict uh, things that should be requirements, laws that should be um, put on guns gun ownership, but, but with terrorism, 9-11, terrorism, uh, political dissension in some, you know, that we have seen, um, I don't think, I mean, you know, if everyone, if there was a, t- the reason why it's in our Second Amendment is because it, it's to prevent some dictator from coming and taking over America. In other words, if, if none of us were able to have guns, um, not even on the black market. We got rid of all the guns. That is just inviting someone who has, has nefarious intentions to take over America. Nobody talks about that, of course. Anyway, I won't say nobody, but you don't hear it in the mainstream media. All right, so let me talk now about the psychological vulnerability, why students, especially in Parkland, are... Um, are vulnerable to being co-opted, to being influenced and manipulated by the political agendas of other people. Now, first of all, um, they have a, um, 
they have, they, because this, this event, the, the massacre, it was only a month ago, they still hear the, literally for some of them, hear gunshots ringing in their ears. And um, it is natural, therefore, and they, and they have seen the blood, they have seen their friends lying on the ground, all the blood all over their school. Um, they are, are, of course, thinking about, you know, it's a natural reaction to think, uh, hearing gunshots in their ears, oh, well, we just got to take care of that, get rid of that. But anyhow, right now, what they're suffering from, as I was starting to say, is they're going through the stages of grief, and they are um, suffering from PTSD. So let's talk about the stages of grief. There are five stages of grief. I didn't make this up. It was discovered in 1969 by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. She wrote about this in her book, On Death and Dying. Now, the first stage is denial. Now, these stages were primarily, um, originally, thought of in terms of if you lose someone who's close to you, if you lose a family member, a friend, um, a loved one. And then also um, for if you yourself have been diagnosed with a life, um, with a terminal illness. But it really can apply to other losses as well. You know, the, for example, in Parkland, the loss of the peace that was in their school uh, in addition to the literal loss of, of their friends and staff and so on. Um, the loss of, you know, it'll never be the same there. And for, for, for that matter, for all of us, you know, we'll all remember Parkland. So, okay, so the first stage is denial. And denial is the stage that helps us to pretend that it didn't happen. Um, because it's, it's a way of our mind protecting itself and letting us have a, a little extra time to process what happened, you know, and, and, the, um, and the consequences of what happened, how our life is going to be affected after that. Well, I'm hearing the music, which means... <laughs> I'm not in denial, I'm hearing the music, um, which means that we need to take a break. I do want to, however, before I... Um, Continue. I do want to give out the telephone number. This is, I know this is a very contentious subject, and so if you would like to, um, at some point in the show, call in and express your own opinions, do call. The number it's a toll-free number, 866-472-5788, 866-472-5788. All right. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and I'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today uh, about whose march is it anyway, and to march or not to march. Um, I was starting to go through the stages of grief, all this to show you how vulnerable the students of in Parkland are, uh, the students of Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, who suffered the horrendous school shooting perpetrated by Nicholas Cruz on Valentine's Day. And I was starting to give you the five stages of, of um, grief, starting with denial. So... Um, you know, it's a way that our mind sort of holds the, the loss, the trauma at a distance so that we don't have to process it all at once. Now, anger. Anger is the stage <laughs> that most of the students seem to be in at, uh, in Parkland and um, that they have, through the help of the women's march, the women's uh, movement, the Empower Group, uh, who has been helping them organize this action. I mean, I hope, you know, as much as they have been, well, they wouldn't have had time to do it because they've been on television all the time talking about, talking about what happened. And as I said at the beginning, I am, gl- we, you know, I am glad that they are bringing attention to this matter. We do have to try to stop school shootings. Okay, but how, you know, the things that they are asking to happen to prevent school shootings is what I am questioning as I'm, as I already started talking about. So, anger. Um, their anger, they want school shootings to stop, of course. Um, they, they're angry at <coughs> so many things, what they really should be angry at, and are, you know, angry at, I'm sure in addition, is all the, to all the people that I was just talking about before in regard to Nicholas Cruz, um, the people who should be blamed and why he shouldn't get the death penalty, these are the people who the students and the parents and the people all over America should be angry at. The sheriff who, sheriffs who stayed outside instead of going into the school and facing the, um, the Nicholas and trying to kill him or at least shoot the gun out of his hand, you know. Um, but instead they just waited for at least four minutes outside. The people who didn't diagnose and hospitalize Nicholas Cruz. Now, uh, very importantly... If he had been hospitalized against his will, as he should have been on numerous occasions, then they call it in Florida being Baker acted, and then he wouldn't have been able to buy a gun, and he had several guns. So, um, you know, if he had been hospitalized from the beginning, or if the guns had been, you know, also he's not supposed to keep them, even if... Even if he had been hospitalized against his will after he had started buying guns, he still wouldn't, you know, theoretically... Uh, there is supposed to be an inspection to make sure he doesn't have guns in his house or at his disposal. So, you know, those are the people that that the Parkland students should be angry at. Um, 
so, so instead, or not necessarily instead, but right now, they are being, they are being manipulated to direct that anger, not even so much, I mean, yes, theoretically, ostensibly, it's at guns, it's, you know, to the gun makers or the, the lawmakers um, about, you know, why aren't the lawmakers doing more to, to ban guns is, is what they want. And, um, and so really, you know, and there are other, I'll tell you about some other, you know, it's, it's, uh, they're being sort of cagey by they, I mean, the organizers of the marches uh, are being rather cagey as to what they exactly want in terms of guns. Um, but, but it's not even, I mean, that's one level, like that's the level underneath, um, that it's these people's agenda, but the level under that is that it's political, that it is really against Trump, against Republicans, um, against the lawmakers who are Republicans. Now, I know what you're thinking, that typically or historically, uh, it is more likely to be a Republican lawmaker who is going to be for the Second Amendment, imagine that, and against banning guns. Um, But, I mean, you know, as long as students, Parkland and otherwise, the kids who are being, um, who are being solicited to um, march. I mean, like, hey, you know, do you remember being a kid? <laughs> if you were given a reason for why you should leave school for 17 minutes or more, um, <laughs> how appealing is that, especially in high school, you know, where, you want, where people, uh, students are typically going to be rebellious and, hey, yeah, let's get out of school. I mean, come on. This is not uh, brain surgery. Uh, of course, they're going to look for opportunities to do that and to protest, even though this is the point, even though they don't really get it, most of them, that what they are really protesting is the current administration. It's not about guns or, 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 about, honor, or about honoring the dead. That, see, that makes it look wonderful. Well, who could, you know, who could not want to honor the, the, the people who were kids and the staff who were killed in Parkland. I mean, of course you want to honor them, but you don't have to honor them by going, walking out of your class and, and being totally organized by the women's movement, the pussy hats. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I wonder, you know, if, <laughs> if high, I could just imagine high school boys really getting it, that they're being... <laughs> Pussy whipped. That they're being literally, they're being pussy whipped into walking out of high school, out of you know, and walking on this march to fulfill somebody else's agenda. Um, the rest of the stages of death are bargaining, which is where um, you know you sort of talk to God or talk to a higher power, and you um, try to bargain. You know, what if I do this? Like, if I devote the rest of my life to helping other people, then can I wake up and find out that this has all just been a nightmare? That kind of thing. Then, of course, there's the uh, stage next of depression. You know, that is where you feel the loss. Um, uh, you know, it, it finally hits you that your life will never be the same, that this person will never be in your life again, that... Um, uh, you know, the Parkland High School um, won't ever be the same that, um, you know, that if you, ha- if you were diagnosed with a, t- a terminal illness, 
that, you know, there's no going back on that. You finally hit rock bottom, and that's depression. And then the last stage is acceptance. And that doesn't really mean that you all of a sudden think that it's okay um, that the person died or that you have a terminal illness or that uh, your, your world will not be the same. But you just find a way to readjust your life so that you can accept it. You put other things in your life uh, to, to take care of yourself and so on or to distract yourself and... Um, and, and you're able finally to accept it. Well, we are the students at uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, and even to a lesser extent, uh, the other students all over America are not quite... I mean, I think some of the students all over America are in, a, are in acceptance, and it's going to be really interesting to see whether how many people are actually going to march tomorrow, the, the March 14th march, and how many people are going to march on Saturday, March 24th, in Washington or other, or other places uh, around the country. So now, you know, it's being said, but I, you know, there are all different accounts of what really the march is about. Uh, of course, the, the primary thing that it's being touted as being about, as I said, is, um, is the, to honor the uh, deceased, the people, the kids, and the staff who died in, um, in Parkland. But, um, again, you know, the Empower, um, the, the, the um, branch, the youth branch of the Women's March is not just doing this, has not worked their tushies off, as I'm assuming that they have, um, to, just to honor the dead, because that could have been done, I mean, you know, a memo could have been sent out to schools um, or churches and synagogues and so on um, to suggest honoring the dead. I mean, not that really anybody even had to send a memo. That's sort of a, just a, um, a normal human reaction. And uh, that teachers, many teachers probably did that on their own in their class, had some kind of a, a moments of silence or a ceremony or something, or done something positive like plant a garden or whatever. Um, but this, so this has, is, is really about the, their own agenda, the Women's March agenda. So um, they have, what they've been organizing is a nationwide protest uh, for students and teachers across the United States to walk out of their schools and universities. It's not just high schools or even, um, you know, middle schools. Um, And they are supposed to be pressing lawmakers to pass stricter gun control laws. Now, Now, among their demands, they are supposed to be asking Congress to ban assault weapons, require universal background checks before gun sales, pass a gun violence restraining law, order law, a gun violence restraining order law that would allow courts to disarm people who display warning signs of violent behavior. Now, um, you know, I, I think, uh, I'm not so sure about the banning assault weapons because that gets really close to just banning guns altogether, but certainly I am for requiring universal background checks before gun sales, as I was saying, and yes, I think it's a good idea 
to pass a gun violence restraining order law. I mean, actually, I've heard that described in other places as, um, like, if someone has a temporary restraining order, if someone has been granted a temporary restraining order against someone, I mean, this is typically women who ask for temporary restraining orders against their spouses or boyfriends who have been threatening violence, this would have been, uh, this is what Nicole Simpson should have done against OJ, not that it would have been enforced. But, so in other words, the people, typically these men, these, you know, um, men who are threatening violence against their women, although, it, you know, it could be against, it doesn't have to be against their girlfriends or wives, it could be against other people or other institutions. Of course, you know, the thing is, there is a law already called the Tarasoff Law, which is where psychiatrists and other mental health professionals are supposed to report to um, the police and to the person, if the person doesn't know this already, uh, if someone says in therapy that they want to kill so-and-so, then you are already supposed to report it to the police and the person. Uh, This is a slightly different law that they're asking for, but I am for... um, uh, People And there are actually laws to, to that effect in some states already that people who, well, people who have an active um, temporary, who have had a temporary restraining order against them or who have an active temporary restraining order against them that they're not allowed to buy guns. Of course, the problem is, you know, all, with all these laws, the real problem is that the information doesn't get passed down to the, um, to the gun sellers. I mean, that's the real problem. Uh, they need to tighten up these programs so that it is communicated to the people who are selling the guns. I mean, that was one of the problems or the main problem, well, one of the problems, um, of the man who shot up the church, whose name I do not recall at this point, but um, he, he was in Texas. Um, he had he was he had been in the armed services, and he was um, given a dishonorable discharge. And he was it was supposed to have been passed down that he shouldn't be able to buy a gun, but it wasn't. And so so he did get a gun, and he created a mass shooting in a church, which is um, similar to school shootings. So, I mean, that is a, you know, if, if they tightened up that, which is something that I don't think anyone would uh, object to. Well, there's always someone who objects to something. But, I mean, that is something that is relatively uh, reasonable and that most people would agree on. So, um, so you know, there are some things that are, that are steps that could be taken to, um, to dissuade future school shooters from doing it. Now, this uh, Empower Group, the youth branch of the Women's March, um, they, they say on their website that more than 2,500 walkouts are planned nationwide through their encouragement of this. Uh, they provided local student, student organizers with toolkits to help them get started. Can you... This, <laughs> The kits um, include a step-by-step guide to organizing a walkout, sample letters to administrators to request permission to participate, 
and an explanation of students' rights. Well, I hope they got it right because, you know, this is not uh, a black and white thing. There have, you know, there are different opinions about that as well. Uh, now, these, <laughs> this is part, the organizers, uh, the Women's March, um, are are asking anyone not affiliated with a school to stay away from the walkouts, citing safety concerns. Uh, you know, I mean, that is the thing. The people who, there are going to be people, obviously, you know, just like the protests about other things, immigration, um, other things, political things that, you know, have been, have sparked um, two strong sides. I mean, this is happening all the time. And um, so when there are protesters for something, um, just u- using immigration, another, another example would be the Black Lives Movement. You know, there are the protests have gotten increasingly violent over the last couple of years. And um, there is no reason to think that there won't be some protesters, or could be some protesters who will come in front of schools you know, perhaps the NRA is uh, organizing um, people to to stage protests in in front of schools that uh, where children are walking out on this march. I don't know that. Uh, you know, I don't want to start any rumors, but um, but certainly, or maybe it's just pedophiles. You know, who who are thinking yippee um, on on Wednesday tomorrow. Uh, March 14th, kids are going to be flocking out of their schools and I can have a field day. Uh, so obviously it is dangerous. It's also dangerous. What about the students themselves? Even if they walk out because they want to, you know, have fun walking out of school, it doesn't mean that they're going to all agree with each other. Um, so then they're saying that if, if, so they don't want anybody who isn't affiliated with the school to, to be near the school and the walkout. And they say otherwise, <laughs> people who want to express sol- solidarity with the students, if they you know, do want to come near the schools, they should wear orange um, or work out, walk out of their workplaces for 17 minutes. <laughs> That's going to be interesting to see what uh, employers do about that if it happens. Um, orange is, you know, the gun control color. So that's what that's about. Now... The Women's March is saying, uh, Women's March Youth Empower, God, it's, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, the sign, the logo of that is this fist uh, held up. It's not a peace sign. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fist. It's violence. You know, we're against gun, <laughs> guns, but, you know, here's a clenched fist, and this is our, our logo. I wonder who the brilliant person was who thought of that. I mean, it is in the middle of the word empower. It's, it's for the O of empower. But, you know, it is, it is pretty scary. Um, so, and their theme is enough is enough. Um, so, how are schools reacting? Many schools are allowing students to walk out of the classes um, for 17 minutes at 10 o'clock. And they are providing... Um, additional security, at least if the school is going to let them walk out, then it's good that they would provide extra security. I don't know who's going to be paying for that. Clearly, that money is going to be taken away from uh, textbooks and uh, extra teachers and so on. So is that right? I don't think so. Um, 
So um, some schools are, um, are forbidding students and teachers from participating, and they give as a, the reason safety concerns and objections to disrupting class. Um, others are trying to strike a balance between interrupting classes and recognizing the students' desires and rights to participate in a civil, uh, you know, being involved in, in, I don't you know, what do you call it? Sociology, history, politics. I mean, it really is politics, but what do they think they're participating in? So then we have different examples of school districts and how they're reacting. So like a school district in Nevada is um, saying they are trying to encourage students to pursue other forms of civic engagement, like tying ribbons on the school fences or observing moments of silence. Then there's a school in Virginia who is suggesting that their students can either hold a student-led memorial service for the victims or hold a student-led assembly about school safety. Then there's the question of whether students can be punished. Um, Students could face disciplinary action if um, if they join the walkout without the permission of their school administrators. There are schools who have threatened to uh, count this as unexcused absences, to dock grades, or uh, suspend students if they walk out. There is a Texas school who said that anybody participating in the walkout would be suspended for three days. So then the question is, what are students' rights? Um... Ah, and we're gonna, and you're gonna have to wait till the break is over to hear that. <laughs> you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're talking about whose march is it anyway? And I'm your psychiatrist host on, and we'll be right back. So stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write 
And back. Here we go. Back to Dr. Carol's couch. I'm talking to you today about whose march is it anyway. I'm talking about the walkout march scheduled for tomorrow, March 14th, one month after the Valentine's Day massacre in Parkland, Florida. And also the march on March 24th um, that is going to primarily be in Washington, although also all over the U.S. So I was trying to say, what are students' rights for tomorrow? You know, the difference being that tomorrow it's a school day and uh, March 24th is a Saturday when, um, you know, students are more free to... They're, they're to, to do what they want and not suffer consequences and more able to come to, to travel to Washington on a weekend and so on. Um, so what are students' rights? Well, yes, students, just like everybody else, um, has a First Amendment right to protest. Um, but if the school forbids participation, they could still face consequences. Now, according to the American Civil Liberties Union... They said that schools could punish students if they miss class to go on the walkout, um, but what they can't do is discipline students more harshly because they're walking out to, to express a political view or because school administrators don't support the views behind the protest. So, in other words, the punishment that they receive for cutting class can't be any worse than the, what they would have received for cutting class for some other reason. So, um, let's see. There's also, by the way, in case you missed these two marches, there's also going to be something else, but um, on April 20th, April 20th is going to be the 19th anniversary of the Columbine school shooting, and the Network for Public Education is calling for people to take their own action uh, it's going to be called the National Day of Action Against Gun Violence in Schools. But that, you know, I'm, I'm not against, I mean, we have to wait and see what actually the, the politics of that is going to be. Now, um, some schools are saying that uh, kids can, it, whether or not they are allowing them to leave, actually leave the school, some schools are letting them gather in the hallway for 17 minutes. Now, again, that's one minute for each of the deceased victims in the Parkland shooting. Um, now, <laughs> you know, the Women's March Youth Empower Group, the organizers, um, have made it clear that this is also a political call to action. I mean, to, it's in some... Uh, in some reports, they acknowledge it more clearly than in other reports, that really this is about politics, not about honoring the dead. Um, it's protesting Congress's inaction when it comes to gun violence. Now, here's an interesting, uh, a letter was sent out from, by a Texas superintendent, the superintendent of schools, um, and if this was for Needville High School. And um, I'm just going to read you an excerpt from it. Needville ISD, um, Independent School District, will not allow a student demonstration during school hours for any type of protest or awareness. Should students choose to do so, they will be suspended from school for three days and face all the consequences that come along with an out-of-school suspension. Now, um, you know, when, when high school students apply to college... <laughs> or even middle school students, 
Um, if it is on your record that you were suspended for anything, that is not good. So I hope students, not just in, in Texas, I hope nationwide students are realizing that if their school um, has a punishment that um, could include suspension or something else that will get on their record, that it will not be worth it to uh, lower their chances of getting into the college of their dreams to do this walkout. Now, uh, to continue with this Texas school uh, superintendent's letter, he said, um, let's see, we will discipline no matter if it is 150 or 500 students involved. All will be suspended for three days and parent notes will not alleviate the discipline. A school is a place to learn and grow educationally, emotionally, and morally. A disruption of the school will not be tolerated. So, um, there are um, there are different different schools. You know, are are reacting differently. Um, there and there are different uh, consequences for the schools according to what they do. Now, the school, you know, there's a sort of a um, there's a law in a sense that schools are considered in loco parentis, which means in place of parents. So if they go along with this and just release their students, let their students say that there's not going to be any consequences, go for it, (laughs) Um, they are going to potentially face consequences if indeed something happens when the students walk out. Um, If they are running out and they trip on something, or if there's a pedophile out Side the door, or if there are other protesters, you know, c- countering their protest outside the door, you know, and a million things can happen. And the schools are legally obligated to protect the students. So, and it's ironic because this walkout is all about keeping students safe, but then that's why some schools are thinking they shouldn't let them just walk out into the wild blue yonder. Um, other schools are doing things that are much more constructive, like, for example, turning the walkout into an assembly, not walking outside, but talking, you know, having a debate uh, or a discussion inside. But even that um, can be tricky. Then, um, you know, some schools are trying to say that it's, or trying to have it be just an apolitical event to actually honor the victims of the Parkland shooting. Um, But then there are those, you know, the people, the students who are more likely to want to walk out are the ones who have been sort of co-opted into these political agendas. Then um, a a school, like, you know, to show the difference, there's a school in Wallingford, Connecticut, that um, has given students alternatives, such as writing letters to their representatives, or completing homework and study hall. Um, and then 30 minutes north of them in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, staff, administration, and students will be walking out down to our football field, and they'll stand in silence there for 17 minutes. Um, and then there, they, before all this, I mean, if that is all that it is, is walking to the football field and standing in silence and, and to commemorate the victims, that's great. Uh, and then further, um, they did something really smart, which was 
they, in preparation for this, ahead of this time, they asked students to do something related to this whole issue. So, like, for example, um, they, some of the teachers planned lesson plans around the walkout. They watched, um, no, this one teacher showed his class cell phone footage taken by students during the shooting. Now, I know that probably most students <laughs> in high school especially have seen, as we all have, um, uh, seen the, the video um, from Parkland. I mean, it's horrific, and it's, it's you know, I mean, that's part of the PTSD, why we have PTSD from it. But, um, you know, they're showing it to show how horrible it is, and I'm sure some of the parents uh, did not like that, but anyhow. Um, they also had them make a poster to carry during the walkout, um, if they would like, you know, expressing their opinions on that. Then they could also write a letter to a person in power, or they could write a song or a poem about what they've learned about this whole issue. So, you know, so some bottom line, some schools are doing constructive things and um, presenting both sides and, um, and memorializing the students who died in the school massacre. And, you know, so in that way, they're turning this into a positive. My whole... Uh, reason for saying that, as you might have gotten a, a clue about, uh, now that we're coming to the end of the show, um, is to, I say that you should not walk out. My opinion is that you should not walk out because, one, it's dangerous. Two, you are being manipulated by the women's power movement, the women's march, the pussy hats, um, I mean, that is just so absurd. Please, if, if the kids knew, especially the boys, if they knew what's how they were being manipulated by these pussy hats. Um, anyhow, um, th- there are better things to do than to take uh, 17 minutes you know, to walk out of your class and face possible consequences, possibly suspension, possibly having it get on your uh, school record and having this go against you for getting into a college that you want. Um, there are exercises that you can do sitting in your classroom. Your classroom could be silent just in your classroom. Uh, it's super easy, you know, to be silent for 17 minutes. In fact, even to add to that, to, to light, well, I guess you're not allowed to light candles, but maybe electric candles, um, or to bring flowers, make a, a, um, um, a monument, a tribute to the, um, to the students who died by bringing in flowers or bringing in poems or singing songs like that, like I mentioned. Um, you know, all about, about uh, you know, in, tr- in real tribute to the students who died. Plus, the key to preventing school uh, shootings is more about getting mental health treatment for kids who are obviously having psychological problems which show as early as grade school and middle school, no less high school, and getting them into the proper psychiatric treatment or mental health treatment. That is the key. And then I'd love to ask these students who are organizing this, or, well, we've already said it's not the students, um, but I'd love to, you know, let's say the students from, from Parkland 
uh, any students who are going to be walking out, I would love to ask them how many of them um, watch violent entertainment. Do they think that that could have something to do with this? Um, You know, it's a multi-pronged solution. It is not about banning guns. So I hope you will think about this. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, please talk about these things with your children. Um, Please make sure if they are planning on walking out that they understand why they're doing it and that they totally agree with everything and that they get it, that they are being co-opted, but they still want to walk out. You know, if they still believe in these things and they still want to walk out, then fine. But, um, but they need to recognize how in their vulnerable state, the states of grief and the states of PTSD, that they are sitting ducks for manipulation by uh, the Women's March, the anti-Trump people, and the gun control people. Well, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 